Cheers. Cheers. I don't know what week we're on, but welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to the What You Should Know podcast. Today, we are covering Scarface. Scarface. The world is Sorry, what are you drinking, Colin? I am drinking a Tony Montana classic. (laughs) It is just gin with a lemon. I literally thought about having that drink, too. Isn't that what uh, he was drinking? That's what he drinks the whole movie. Nothing but gin straight and a lemon. I'm like, this guy is a killer. (laughs) And that makes me, like, gin is, like, my favorite drink. So the fact that Tony drinks straight gin, I'm like, all right. Anytime I go to the bar and I order gin and someone's like, oh, that's a girl's drink, I'll be like, Tony Montana drinks gin. (laughs) (laughs) okay you even seen scarface yeah exactly well that's like one of the things you don't really pick up like i've seen this movie so many times and this was probably the first time that i picked that up this was my first time watching it and i immediately picked up on the gin i was like hell yeah he knows what's up (laughs) like that's also because i'm not like huge in the gin so yeah it makes sense you're just like oh cool i guess he drinks gin yeah Uh, so this was my first time watching this was sean's pick he he likes this movie. This um, is one of my favorites, possibly my favorite movie. So I'm biased towards it. All right. And I am not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's – you want to just get right into it? Yeah, we can do that. Um, right. Why don't you you – had, you had a little bit of background on the movie. Um, you, I feel like go into that first. Yeah, we'll and, do... and then we could just go straight through uh, our thoughts on the movie and what happens. There will be spoilers to come. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be some spoilers. So, director was Brian De Palma, also known for Carrie. Uh, written by Oliver Stone, the writer of Wall Street, and also Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Starring Al Capone and Michelle Pfeiffer. No, Tony uh, Al Pacino. Oh, did I say Al Capone? Yeah, you said Al Capone. Oh, it's starring Al Pacino. Mm -hmm. And uh, Al Capone is... So this movie is actually a a, a remake of a 1932 movie of the same name based on a book of the same name that was based (laughs) (laughs) based on Al Capone's life. Mm-hmm. So, Al Pacino playing <clears throat> Al Capone. Close enough. Yeah. Right. You get you get the confusion. Um, yeah. Released December first, nineteen eighty three. It had a budget of twenty five million. The runtime is two hours and fifty minutes. It domestic box office was forty five million. Total gross was sixty five million. The tagline for the movie was, he was Tony Montana. The world will remember him by another name, Scarface. Which I think during the entire movie, they don't reference the name Scarface at all. So that was actually my first critique is um, you see him have a scar maybe twice throughout the whole movie. No, you can, you can tell with his eyebrow the entire time though. Yeah, yeah, I think they probably used, like, a razor or something to cut his eyebrow. So that way, yeah. it, like, it didn't have, like, hair on it. But, yeah. yeah. I but mean, they, they, 
They did. That referenced the the scar, though. Like, yeah, he he wouldn't have called himself Scarface, but he had he had a scar there. And in the first scene, when uh, he's being introduced in, I, I guess the the immigration office, um, they ask him about the scar on his face, I and mean, he says, "Accident when I was a kid. You should have seen the other guy." <laughs> Actually, the guy asked him, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> <laughs> So the the amount of profanity used in this movie is unreal. Um, which you want to share what he actually said, or yeah, yeah. So the guy was like, "Oh, how'd you get it? Eating like pussy." And Tony Montana's like answer was like, "What kind of pussy are you eating, man?" Like it was literally the first scene was so funny. Like it was just constantly yeah. like he would say something and he would turn back to him. He's like, "Is this guy serious right now?" Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Like, why are they grilling me so much? Yeah. Do Should we just get into it? Uh, so, wait. So, profanity, as I just mentioned, it uh-huh. was, that was, that was one of the negative reviews. People said it was really violent, super profane, and super graphic drug usage, right? Originally, Which- it had gotten X rating, and then they <laughs> submitted it for another two times, and they kept cutting out scenes and stuff, but it still got the X rating. So... They actually, the director brought in real narcotic cops to like the people that rate movies. And he had them present that this was actually what it was like in the real world. So then they approved him to re- like release the movie as R. So then he just released the cut. <laughs> and that was originally supposed to get an X rating and just put it out there as a regular movie. Wow. Uh, another That's thing. That's hilarious. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. Uh, 207 F words, which is yeah. about 1.22 a minute. <clears throat> so that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then last thing I wanted to touch on before we get into the movie review is during the writing, Oliver Stone, he ended up traveling to the Caribbean and Florida, interviewing people on both sides of the law. And also during the time while he was like, prepping to write he ended up doing a ton of coke but he was sober when he wrote the script i get it you become the character you become the character yeah and then what else oh the movie at the end it mentions the two guys and they were the ones that originally wrote the uh the first it was like dedicated to those two people and they wrote the original the writer and the director of the original scarface last thing is the movie actually was not filmed in Miami because the people did not want to have that rep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many things are just filmed in LA though, or in California. Yeah, that's still. true too. But they were like, so, yeah, we don't really want people thinking that this is what Miami's actually like, so we we're not going to film here. Yeah. All right. It Should is we pick now it up where we? What was that? Said it is now that time. Yeah. So. I mean, when we when we start, like we were talking about, we first meet Tony in the first scene. No, he's it, an M. It starts with the scrolling of like the text, oh. and I was like, "Oh no!" That was my first thought. I was like, "Not like scrolling of- text," but yeah. it gives you enough time to read it, and I feel like it sets it up enough to give it. So it sounds like it's. I mean, it tells you the real story. You know what I mean? And it it looks like real footage too of like the Cuban crime 
whatever, or the, or the Cuban, uh, whatever. Exportation, where they're exporting people out of Cuba. Yeah. So, and, and it's like probably two, three minutes of footage like that. And it's not a lot of writing. Um, I actually, it's your, it's your I background. So I, I, I really liked it because I thought it like it really set the scene and kind of made it like real and kind of felt like, oh, this is like a like a mini newsreel catching me up to what's going on. Yeah, I actually think that it does a good job, too. I like that it looks like basically real footage. It probably is. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is, too. And um, I mean, you, you get a sense of like why Tony's there. Yeah, like this, this sets it up really well before, because when you when you first see Tony Montana, He's sitting in an immigration office in Miami. So without this little background, you wouldn't know why he's there or what the deal is or if he was arrested or something. But it's just like basically just customs. It, it helps the movie kind of carry on and still maintain its value today. Yeah, because I agree. Like back then, maybe in the 80s, you would have been like, oh, this is the a bunch when a bunch of Cubans were like forced over here, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But for like me, I was like, what? Okay. Okay, now I get what's kind of going on. I wasn't happy about the text, but I got it. Yeah. And then he's getting interviewed by that guy, making a ton of jokes. It was he does hilarious. They they ask him and and so much stuff like, like this would never be in a movie today, but it also makes it amazing because they they ask him if he's gay. Oh yeah, and, and and they're like, you dress up as as girls or something like that and he's like who the fuck is this guy right <laughs> what's he talking about <laughs> there okay this movie is like so quotable like it, it says like, the funniest things all the time oh sean i forgot to ask what are you drinking oh i'm drinking bourbon again good stuff yeah wow. that's that's my usual so then after he goes through it he gets like basically forced to like, I guess it's like a collection camp, basically. Yeah, they they like, so none of them got green cards, so they basically just put them in a like like an immigration camp, and they're underneath like a bunch of highways in Miami and living in tents. Really, not a good situation. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was very hooked for the first like 20 minutes of the movie that I forgot to write notes because oh, I was just okay. like, I was just like, wow, this is like so intense. Like, dude, I didn't write down. So basically they go into the camps and then Tony's friend, Manny is like, yo, I got a job for us. It'll get us green cards. And it was like, all right, like, well, what do we have to do? And they had to, to kill an, a communist, right? Yeah. So the guy was, a communist who worked with Castro and he tortured uh, a rich guy from Miami's cousin while he was like captured. So like this guy from Miami uh, that somehow Manny has connections to, who's got a lot of money, finds out that an ex-communist is going to the same like containment facility that Manny's at. So he's like, I'll get you a green card if you can get revenge for torturing my my cousin or whoever uh so they basically they got to kill the guy and tony's like, and we'll they get the green card <laughs> yeah kill, that's gonna be fun that'll be great i'm all about it so obviously they kill the guy and then we need to talk about that scene that was a powerful I mean, this, scene it was a very powerful scene it was it was crazy so the the camp it starts rioting one day yeah. and 
I don't remember the exact reason why, but it was some type of just unrest situation. Random mayhem. If you like, if you watch the people in the background while they're doing shit, like it's so like, funny. They're just like people are just standing there, like ah, like not yeah. even, not even fighting with anybody, just standing there, like throwing like a pillow in the air. Like I was like, this looks like an insane asylum. Like people are just doing random yeah. things. But like I. When, when you, like, take a step back and you're just focusing on the main character in this scene, oh, yeah, it, it looks just looks chaotic. And, yeah. and you don't, you can't tell that. But when you look at the background, it's hilarious. You take, like, you look at, like, one of the background extras, you're like, what is that guy doing? Why is he, yeah. why is he throwing the pillow in the air? Like, <laughs> why are these two having a pillow fight? Like, what? Mm. Uh, and then they do the, like, oh, oh. Oh, and everybody mm-hmm. in the room all of a sudden is like slamming down like a piece of wood or something. And it's like this like, oh, big mob like mentality. And they just sort of corner this guy. And then Tony Montana stabs him, kills the guy. So they, they're like cornering him and having him back up. And he keeps backing up and backing up to like the edge of the tent where he's going to go out. And then right as he turns to go out, Tony stabs him. Fantastic. Love yeah. it super intense it was great and then they're all getting their green cards and they're like hell yeah <laughs> yeah like they're they're like yelling and stuff they're talking about how they look in the pictures and they're very happy um but then i the happiness kind of ends quickly when tony and manny are working in the little uh cuban sandwich shop yeah did you uh so again my my notes did you yeah. notice the prices of the food it was so cheap. It was really cheap. I think it was like a couple cents or something like that. Yeah, something it was stupid, like, like 50 cents, cents or something. Yeah, like 50 cent burgers, like 10 cent like drinks. And I was like, wow, that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that also could have just been like 80s prices. So. Yeah, I, I think and I think the movie might have taken place before the 80s too even. Uh, I get the start of the movie probably did. Yeah. So, I mean, they're working at this place. Tony's a dishwasher and he's, he's just pissed off. And a whole lot of F-words in, in this stuff. He's freaking out at Manny. He's like, I didn't come to America to break my back type stuff. Like, where's your man? I thought we were doing stuff here. And then Manny's man comes through. And he wants them to unload the docks. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's just like a Coke job. I need you guys to, um, like, just unload, like, a ton. Was it Coke or, like, dope? It was probably cocaine, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I, we just need to unload a chunk of it. Like, and he was like, all right, that'll be $1,000. And the guy's like, no, it's 500 He's like, bro, the going rate is 1000 Don't mess with me. And Manny the whole time's like, hey, dude, like, let's just take the 500 And this is where you start to know that Tony Montana is not going to take anybody's shit. He's like, He does not. He's like, no, no, we're not doing that job for anything less than uh, – less than we're supposed to make for it. And, oh, if you're such a big man, why don't you go deal with the Cubans or the Colombians? And and that's how they get the Colombian job. And he he hates Colombians. Yeah, he hates Colombians. But Tony also, he, he speaks up too. Like, like he says something along the lines of like, what do you think we are? Like, we, we're just going to take this job. Like, like we we got talent or whatever, you know? And I think in in that, little back and forth too um does he mention killing the guy in the yeah yeah so he, he mentions so we like we did that for you and now you're gonna make us go on the docks come on we need some real shit yeah 
So then, I, I mean, they're coked out in the car, the two guys. Uh, I don't know the other guy's name, but the one guy is Omar, who's doing the talking. And yeah. they're like, all right, like, big man. You guys are big, tough guys or whatever. Like, this is what you're going to do. They give him a job where they pay him $5,000. And they're going to give him money. What was that? Well, I was going to say, didn't they Didn't they pull a gun on Tony first? And he was just like, come on at me. Like, I don't give a shit. What are you going to do? Shoot me right here? Do they? Yeah, I think they do. And then oh, like, I forgot they, about that. They were like, yo, Omar, chill. Like, chill. You can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's when he's like, okay, okay. Tough guy over here. We'll give him a real job. Yeah, we'll give him a real job then. He's going to have to go, you know, deal with uh, buy some coke from the Cubans. Yeah. So they would provide him the money. He goes and he picks up two keys of uh, cocaine. And then he returns the coke to them and then he gets paid $5,000. Yeah, let's just totally undercut how crazy that scene was. Very, very crazy. <laughs> I mean, that, but that's like, that's just the mission. That's the mission. Yeah, that's the mission. That's, that's the basis of the mission. Okay, so like they get the instruction and they're like, no big deal, whatever. Right after they get that, Tony says, I'm retired to the boss of the, of the Cuban restaurant. Yeah, he's like, he's like I'm, I'm retired. Like, I gotta look after my investment. See ya. And they're also across the street from like a like a really nice yeah restaurant. And he's like, I should be over there. I shouldn't be in here. Yeah, Tony has big aspirations. So the mission. Yes, that is the outline of the mission. Very chaotic. Does not go as planned. Tony, Tony's smart. He's like, I'm not bringing the cash in. I'm going to leave it out mm -hmm. in the car. Leave it in the trunk. He has Manny protect it with somebody else. And he's like, look, I'll be right back. Like, yeah. do, not, do not do anything. Mm -hmm. He has a guy watching the door. And he goes in and tries to negotiate. And he does it expertly as always. He's like, look, you're not getting shit. He's like, I don't have the money with me. It's not here. Like, yeah. you're not getting it. <laughs> because he knew the, uh, the Colombians were going to try and screw him over. Mm -hmm. He was like, that's, that's not going to happen. No. I thought that back and forth was so funny because Tony's, Tony's like, no bullshit. Like, yeah. every person he talks to is no bullshit. So they're, like, trying to be friendly. And he's like, okay, so you got the yayo. And uh, <laughs> the whole movie, Tony does not say cocaine. He says yayo. Uh, he apparently picked that up when he was like trying to like study Cuba, uh, Cubans to like learn like their like lingo and stuff. He also picked oh up some God. word that means like pussy in their language, but is apparently like a really offensive term in other Latin American countries. Mm. Um, but he says that a lot throughout the movie. But when he says "yayo," like they like he, they didn't even know that that was like, going to be a thing, and then they're just like, "Yo, keep doing it, keep doing it." Yeah, because it's hilarious. Because yeah. uh, so they're having a serious conversation. They the Colombians trying to bullshit him, like make small talk, and he's like, "Okay, okay, you got the yayo. Like, where where's that?" And he's like, "Well, it's nearby. Do the cash." And and then like you said, he's just like, "No, no." I, I think I the thing is, Tony said it first, and then the guy he? started like mimicking him. So Tony was like, "He was like, you got the money," and Tony's like. No, it's, I got, I mean, somewhere else close by. And then he was like, where's the, you know, yayo. And the guy's like, uh, it's not here, but it's close by. Like he like mimicked Tony. And that's when you can already tell it. Like for me, I was like, oh, look, Tony's already got the power in the room. Like, ah, yeah. yeah. Cause then after he says that Tony's like, what do you, you want me to walk out? Come back in. We start over. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny.
and then the uh, the guy tries to double cross him. He he comes up, uh, takes their door watch by like the neck with a knife, pulls a gun on Tony, and then they chain the guy up and they uh, they they decide they're gonna chainsaw him if Tony doesn't bring the money. And Tony's like, I don't, I don't give a shit about this guy. Go oh. ahead, go ahead, do the chainsaw thing. They they really do chainsaw him in the bathtub. Meanwhile, outside, Manny's just trying to pick up a chick. And this is why (laughs) is like the best character. I honestly think like if you look at Manny and Tony, we can talk about this at the end, but like if you compare their like their tracks Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see like who ends up like where and, and how things go, I just thought it was super interesting time is just like he's just trying to pick up chicks like yeah. he's just trying to have a good time and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden he realizes that like there's no one there so he goes over like manny and the other guy that are blo- like are they're on watch they decide to go in to like try and help and um this is when the chainsaw scene is going on and i think that scene is so good again because you don't actually see anybody getting cut but you know what's going on and it was just blood hitting tony in the face it was just awesome yeah and, and then too like after he's chainsawed up like the colombian is covered in blood the bathroom they show is covered in blood and tony is covered in blood but tony's just chill like he he's not scared he's like all right the guy they go to hang tony up and that's when boom manny pops in yeah when he gets shot but he gets out the guy uh, that was chainsawing the people starts to run away he like leaves the coat behind and toned up execution styles him right in the middle of the road. I thought that was crazy. That was crazy. Like all the pedestrians are around, you hear the police siren, and Tony's running out there, covered in blood, with the gun in hand, as this guy is like bleeding out into the street, trying to get away, and Tony just executes it right in front of everybody. Right in front of everybody. Fun fact about that scene. Uh, so there's a girl. And she was like one of the like the extras or whatever. She apparently had a panic attack after that scene, and then she went missing, and no one ever heard from her again. There's an unsolved mysteries episode about this girl. Like she just went missing. Holy crap! That's hilarious. Like she, <laughs> like not she had hilarious, a panic attack. but crazy. But it's like, isn't that wild? Yeah. Anyway, that's all we got on that. We got a lot of movie left. Let's uh, let's dig into it. Yeah, I agree. Tony so wants I- to deliver the the shit himself. Yeah, because because Tony, he's no bullshit, and he knows he's going somewhere, and he and knows he that. Credit for it. Yeah, he knows that the other guy's getting credit if he doesn't show up with the with the coke and the money, because he saved the money too, because yeah. the people are dead. So he's like, yeah, I got both. This is this is when we meet Frank, and um, I don't know what Michelle Pfeiffer's character's name is, but Michelle. we're gonna call her Michelle. Yeah. When she walks in, Tony immediately gets Google eyes. Yep. Love at first sight right away. And and I literally love their dynamic. Tony the and the movie. girl? Yes. I think it is so funny and I love the whole like like pre-relationship dynamic. Dude, that that girl, like her character is that she's a trophy wife. That's it. I know, but I just we we could talk about it and as as the scenes come, but I I think their their situation is great because she's like kind of like she has no time for Tony. 
And Tony feels so deserving. <laughs> she, she liked me. She liked me. <laughs> that was that's like one of my favorite scenes too. Because when um, should we should we skip to the? No, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. So yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. They go to the Babylonian club, and right there, the girl mm-hmm. Michelle says to the guy, Frank. Frank, if someone wanted to assassinate you, this is where it would be. And I was like, oh, this is foreshadowing for sure. Someone's getting assassinated here right off the bat. So Uh back to that. That's when Frank starts giving him his lessons. Right. He talks about uh, like the the Kaiser. Who's this Mm -hmm. just fat dude who's just like he's smoking. He's drinking. He's on the phone. He's talking. Um, And is and then is this when he gave uh, the rules? To Tony, yeah, yeah, it is like um, rule number one: I, don't underestimate the other guy's greed. Yeah. Rule number two: don't get high on your own supply. That was Michelle Pfeiffer's rule that she chimed in. Yeah. Uh, so also, the movie will eventually go into Tony's downfall, and I believe the downfall is caused by both of those things. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is so ironic. <laughs> like like literally it's like as the movie goes on, you're like, well shit, he's uh he's underestimating how greedy that guy is. And then it's like, well shit, he is now very much using his own supply. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but but it's just great to watch it though. It's just the yeah. up and down of Tony. Um so then then Michelle Pfeiffer, she wants to dance. Frank doesn't want to dance. Tony says, you know what, I'll I'll dance. I'll dance with a girl. And that's what I wrote down right there. Just bad idea. <laughs> no, I, I was like, I was like, fuck yeah, Tony. We, we know Tony's interested. He's, he's a go-getter. He's not sitting down waiting for anything. Yeah. But she's not interested at all. He wants to know where she's from and stuff. And, and she's like, can we just dance? Like, she's not interested at all at talking to him. Yeah. And um, I think she slaps him too at the end or something like that. Yeah. And there will oh, she. And then they – no, I don't think she slaps him, but she's just like, dude, like, I'm not, not interested. And then he gets in the car with Manny. He's like, yeah, that girl likes me. Yeah. I I, I love the the side-to-side side because, oh, he says – he says something along the lines of, like, you'll be mine one day. Yeah. And she's like, I would never sleep with you if we were, like, stranded on a deserted island and I was dying for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like – and then right after Cut. that, she liked me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Manny. I, I think uh, that girl, she's into me. Manny's like, how do you, know, how do you know? I just know. I just know. Yeah, Manny does not think with his head. Um, this time. <laughs> yes, Manny is all about the women. He has, um, and that's like the he does like the tongue scene where he's. He's like, oh, Tony, like, you know, this is how we do it. He's like, I saw it. I saw it on the beach the other day. He's like, this is how you do it. You just walk up to the girl and you you do this thing with your tongue. And he shows him like a thing. And uh, he's like, just watch. Just watch. I'll, like, I'll pick up this girl. No problem. Mm-hmm. He walks over to this girl and Tony walks over. He's like, yo, watch this. This this grown man's about to get slapped. He's about to stick his tongue out at a girl and get slapped. And then Manny walks over, does the tongue thing, and just gets slapped right across the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought this scene was hilarious. I it was. Such, just, I, I think it's funny because 
this movie goes back and forth being like heavily intense and heavily hilarious. Yeah, like it it's not like like when you go to watch it, you just expect like serious movie, like you expect a little violence and stuff, but like it's also hilarious too. Yeah. Uh, and then the next scene is uh, the first introduction of Gina. So right when he introduces uh, yes. Gina, I was like, wow, this must be Tony's ex-lover or like maybe like his high school sweetheart. And they like, are hugging. weirdly touchy. They're, they're holding like intimately. And then I drew a little heart around their names. And then all of a sudden I wrote a giant X said, just kidding. That's his sister. And oh. he's with his mom. This is weird. Right off because the bat, in the vibe. first scene, Tony lies about having any family that's alive, too. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because they, they ask him in immigrations, do you have any family alive? He's, nope, all dead, all dead. Um, which I think he just did that to protect his family so that they wouldn't go looking for him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I definitely I definitely got some like weird kind of incestual vibes. And we'll roll back with, around that for sure. You get that the entire movie. And to this, I've seen it like 10 times the movie. I don't understand still. It is weird. All right. And then his mama sees right through his shit and is having none of it because Tony tries to give them money and his mom's like, we're not taking this. But the sister's like, all right, I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Manny is like, yo, your sister's, uh, you know. And he's like, stay the hell away from my sister, Manny. Don't you dare. Yeah, he he gets very unhappy uh and i think that was like a big part of this scene like yeah. like the whole thing was just so so manny could see gina and right and, there i was like oh no oh nope. manny oh manny you <laughs> you gotta stay away from the women manny you uh you Which, like women a little too much so predictable though because that's the one that manny is is off limits for of course, like of course, it's just, hey Manny, see like, I feel like they each have their thing that they like. Well, I will, we can get to comparison a little bit later again, but yeah, I think they each have their things that they get like so obsessed over, and they yeah. both lead to their downfall. Yeah, like Tony's is definitely control, and Manny's is definitely women. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so next scene. Uh, what is the next scene? I'm trying to think. Expert negotiator in Bolivia. So Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, Oscar. yeah. It's uh, Omar. Omar. Yeah. With Omar, and they start to negotiate for Frank. And Omar is given like rules, like, "Hey, you can't really do this." And then he's like. I, I got this. I'm going to negotiate. Frank will be okay with it. So Tony tries to negotiate this huge deal. Basically, Omar cuts him off, says that's not happening. Then next thing you know, the guy from Bolivia comes out and he's like, oh, yeah, like you should go. Like we, we can talk later. And then he's like, you know what, Tony, why don't you stay with me for a little bit? Mm -hmm. Next thing we know, Omar is hanging from a plane. I didn't expect that the first I time I saw it. And I was, oh, I, I could see it coming immediately. Once they were I like, knew he was going to die, but I thought that he was going to disappear. Oh, I thought he was going to disappear off screen. I did not expect him to push him yeah. out of a plane. That's what I mean. Like, I knew he was dead. Like, the second they asked Tony to stay, 
Dude, before that, like right when they got on the phone, I was like, he is pissed because this guy's trying to stop them from going through with like, this negotiation that's going to be a great yeah. deal for the other guy. Yeah. And then, boom. So the, the helicopter news, I did not see at all. I knew he was dead. I, I just thought that was the end of Omar. Was a nice touch. That was – it was great. Nice it, it was like that's exactly what you want. It's a gangster movie about the mob and organized crime. You want, you want scenes like that. That's exactly how, how it would be. Yeah. I, I don't want to see like, oh, he disappeared. That's the end of him. You know, like give me some action. You know, that's what I'm here for. And then, uh, then, then he gets back and Frank's like, yo, what the hell happened? And this scene I think is where you can tell that the balance of power is offset. Like yeah. you can start to see it's starting to shift and you're not sure who's really in charge anymore. I agree. It, it's a big scene. And, and Tony also realizes this because he's not really taking Frank's bullshit. Yeah. And then uh, you can tell like they're no longer kind of really working together anymore. Like Tony's starting to do his own thing. Yeah. He well, he – go ahead. No, no, no. Because I was going to say he shows up and he meets up with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. So right before that, in, in their back and forth, Frank's really pissed about this big deal. Tony's like, we would have been an idiot not to do it. We're gonna we're gonna make so much money off of this. He did the math. He said we'll make like seventy two million a month. But Frank was like, we don't we don't have we don't have the clientele for that. Yeah, yeah, we don't have the money to pay up front, and we don't have the clientele. And Tony was like, I'll, I'll do something. I'll I'll go out there on my own. I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. I'll make the clientele. Yeah. So th- this is where. Tony's not – Tony doesn't care what Frank thinks because Tony's here for the money, and Frank is starting to get in his way, I think. Yeah, he's like, dude, come on. Like, this is an easy win for us. What are you talking about? He's like, I'll make us more money. Like, get out of here. And yeah. then I feel like that's kind of like the symbol of their relationship breaking. It is. Tony then leaves, and later he's talking to Michelle, and she's like, oh, so you guys are kind of done, huh? And he's like – yeah, and she's like, yeah, well, Frank's not here, so you can come back another time. He's like, I'm not here to see Frank. I want to marry yeah. you. Yeah. I want to marry you, and I want you to be the mother of my children. Yeah, he's he's so blunt. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, she's basically like, no. Like, I, I'm with Frank right now. And he's and... like, Frank's not going to last. That's what he says. Yeah. Frank, Frank's yeah. not going to last. Yeah, because <laughs> Tony, Tony does not let things play out for him. Tony takes control of everything in his life. Girl I likes with somebody else. Well, we gotta we gotta change that. We gotta get rid of somebody else. <laughs> yeah, exact. That's exactly how Tony thinks. He's so, like, I, I'm the only candidate if this guy's not here. Yeah. So now, um, now we move into the best night of the movie. This movie is two and a half or two hours and fifty minutes long, right? Yeah. But for some reason. The all the action takes place in this one night, like thirty minute segment. But it it's amazing, though. Oh, it's incredible! You want to so walk before through it? before we go into this? I want to mention one scene that I love too. All right, you know when Tony and Manny pick up Michelle in yeah. the in the Cadillac with the zebra seats. Mm-hmm. Oh and my she's gosh. just just not into it. And she is like, you expect me to get into that? And he's like, this, this is a nice car. This is a Cadillac. It's a few years old, but it's a Cadillac. It's Let's nice. Let's be picking him up for Frank. Oh, my yeah. 
<laughs> but but she's just not having it at all and and tony is just like literally confused like this is a great car like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah and then but, she's like no you're gonna need to buy a porsche and they go to like the porsche dealer and he's like oh yeah this would be nice you can use some like bulletproofing on the sides uh mm-hmm. and maybe maybe something on the top and oh a turret for the sides he's like what would that be like i don't know the guy was like ah like I'm going to need like 7K. And he turns to me and he's like, yeah, just start, you know, just put it down. Put it down. Yeah. Talk to the guy, do do whatever he wants. But like the whole time, Tony's like, this good enough for you? This is what you want? You ride in this car? She's like, yeah. And then he's like, all right, all right we take my car. <laughs> yeah. So they, that's what I mean. I love their dynamic because I think it's hilarious the whole time. So that scene where he does like the hat thing, mm-hmm. apparently that was all ad-libbed. Like, like he oh, that's, hat that's and great. started cracking up and like, that was her actual reaction, um, which was cool. All right. Now the, the big night. night. Get into it, Sean. Where do we find ourselves at the beginning of the night? Obviously the Babylon Club, where earlier referenced, you know, Frank, if somebody wanted to kill you, it wouldn't be hard to find you. Here we are at the Babylon Club on the big night of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it starts out with Tony being there kind of by himself. Well, Manny's there, but Manny's dancing with some girl or whatever. <laughs> Always. Always. Um, but this, this is when a police officer comes up to Frank and he's like head of the DEA or he comes up to Tony, not Frank. He's head of the DEA. And he's like, look, I hear you're a big guy now. Um, there's a lot of attention. This is how this works. And Tony's basically like, cut the bullshit. What's your number? And he gives him his number. Also, I don't know if you noticed, in that scene, that guy is drinking milk. Yes. Like, what? what is the deal with that? I'm like, is this guy drinking a white Russian or – nope, just milk. Also, the entire time, Tony's drinking gin. Yeah, he is. Um, so, yeah, the cop's just drinking milk. And I'm like, holy shit, this cop is so dirty. Yeah, like, yeah, we're gonna need. I'm gonna need a number. And Tony's like, "Well, what happens if uh, somebody else calls on me?" He's like, "That's not my problem. My your problem's mm-hmm. like right now with me. You're gonna yeah. deal with that shit on your own." Yeah, he says something like, "I I don't leave like Miami County, so like like I that's my jurisdiction. I don't get involved in other counties' business." Yeah, and then he's like, "You know, we're going to London coming up. My wife and I. Uh, do you think you'd throw in two first class tickets on top of that number?" And Tony, basically, um, so Gina, he sees there, his sister. Yeah, this is when he sees, right. he catches the eye of his sister dancing. Oh. And. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is also, like, right then is when Frank shows up, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, Frank does show up. Um, so, basically, basically Tony, he's done with the, with the cop. He's pissed. And he's like, dude, he's he, he, out of my face. Yeah, he's pissed. He's done. And then what? What's he do? He does he walk up to Frank next, or does he go? Yeah, yeah he Gina? Frank. Well, he sees his sister dancing with someone. Then he walks up to. Well, then Frank walks up to him. Why don't you take over? All right. So he's sitting there. He's sitting down at a table because he just left with the cop. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer walks in. He's like, "Hey, baby, what's up?" Mm-hmm. And then Frank's like, "Yo, I think you need to stand up, Tony. Like you're at my table." And Tony's like, "No." He's I think I'm good here. At his table with his arm around Michelle Pfeiffer, too. Yeah. And then he's like, let's go, Michelle. And Tony's like, 
no, she's good here. And he's like, no, she's not. Like, we're leaving. <laughs> and he's like, no, I think she's good here. And then she's like, yo, I'm actually dating that guy. Like, I, I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that pushes him over the edge a little bit more. He gets, he gets like, real, real yeah. pissed. Uh, but you can tell right then. And I was like, Tony, 100%. The struggle is over. Tony has the power. Yes. And then, then Tony's really pissed because he's like, I'm done with Gina dancing with this guy because this guy that Tony's dan- uh, Gina's dancing with tries to take her into, like, the men's bathroom to, like, hook up. And Tony, like, you can tell, like, he's got, like, red in his eyes. Like, you know. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen someone just absolutely, like, look like they're about to lose their shit, but that was it. He had one goal in mind, and it was to end that shit right away. So he walks in there, and he's like, nope. And he throws that guy. He, like, punches the guy. He's like, get the hell out of here. Uh, Manny's like, whoa, breaking, trying to break things up. Tony's slapping around his sister. He's having none of that with her. And mm-hmm. she's like, yo, what are you going to do, hit me? And he's like, I, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you're not yeah. a whore. You don't do that. And she's like, I can do whatever I want. Like, I'm a grown woman at the age of, like, 19. Or however old she is. She is not 21 yet. She's 20, she says. Oh. All right. Because 20. this is this is when the love interest starts to begin with Manny and Gina. Because Manny is – Tony is basically like, Manny, like, can you get her out of here? And they start talking, and, and she mentions, like, you know, like, Tony treats me like I'm a kid. I'm 20 now. Come on, Manny. And Manny's like, eh, 20 now. Come on. <laughs> and um, – she says something like, whoever that guy was, he knows how to treat a lady. And Manny's like, well, I, I mean, men's bathroom at a nightclub really isn't the best way to treat Manny's a lady. like, I know how to treat a lady. You don't hook up with a girl in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they're driving. They drive him home. She like low-key is like, Manny, you going to hook up with me? And he's like, nah. Like, Tony yeah. would kill me. And I, like, yeah. I wrote down, like, good for Manny. Good, good for him. Good boy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Good self-control. I appreciate it. Manny doesn't think with his head. Like, <laughs> you know. No, that, that is that a is... one-time turn-down offer. <laughs> yes. That's, that's a, that's a once-and-done. All right. So, so this, this is all happening at the same time while Tony is still in the club. Oh, wait a and minute. And Tony is drinking and smoking and most likely doing cocaine also, but heavily. Like, you can tell he's out of it. He's out of it. He looks like he's, like, blacked. Like, this dude is not ready to stand or do anything. Yeah. While the camera starts focusing on two hitmen that are in the club. Bring the gun up with a napkin. Bring the gun down. Bring it up. Bring it down. Yeah. Bring it up, bring so they, they bring it up, but then they bring it down as the next act comes out because they're like, yeah, we'll watch this guy too. We'll see what this guy's got. Um, but yeah, so Frank has left, Michelle has left, it's just Tony in the club now. Bond. Yeah. Straight blackout drunk. And, um, eventually they're, they're done watching the comedy acts and- the foreshadowing comes to a full circle. The, I don't even know what the hell that thing was. I don't know what it was either. It was, Some was, dude in a fat suit with a mask on. It but it only weird. had one eye, and it looked like a giant shoe. There's a lot yeah. of confusion going on there for me. 
but the hitmen just go nuts and they're shooting like wild men. Clearly not well trained hitmen. Uh, because mm-hmm. they miss Tony. They do hit him though. Yeah, he shows up in the, the next scene the in a slit. Yeah. They, they hit him in the shoulder. Tony ducks, he gets down. He takes them both out in the knees. He kneecaps them. I was like, attaboy, Tony. And then he calls Manny and is like, yo, I need to see you ASAP. Meanwhile, Manny's getting laid. I don't know. Is that with Tony's sister? No, it wasn't Tony's sister. Okay. So just, just I mean, good for him. Like, I don't know where he found this chick because he was literally just driving home like yeah. Tony's sister. But, like, Manny's just getting laid. Good for him. And he's like, yo, you got to go, like, you got to meet up with me now. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Tony, like, I'm on my way. And Tony's like, no, you're not because you're still on the phone with me. Get your shit together and let's go. Yeah. And he's like, all right, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, And that's when so Tony then, So that was what? That's when Tony says, like, yo, like, he gets the people together and he's like, yo, we're getting this shit done. And here's how and, we do it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the phone call? Yeah. The phone call's hilarious. So he, Tony turns to the guy and he goes, at 3 a.m., you're going to, you're going to, like, 3 a.m. sharp, you are going to call Frank and just say, it didn't go well, he got away, and then hang up. He's like, that's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. And then the guy was like, okay. And this is like the first time I think in the entire movie where Tony has to trust someone to do something for him. Mm-hmm. And he turns to the guy, he's like, no, like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell the guy that you, the, it didn't work and you got away. He's like, all right, better do it. Better do it right. Um, so I, after uh, Tony's little trust issues, debacle him manny and then one other dude minor one of tony's boys they go to um frank's office at the mercedes dealership tony has blood on him he's got his suit on with one arm not in a sleeve in the um in the sling all of them are heavily armed they walk into frank's office while on the outside of the office, before they walk in, you can hear Frank laughing, having a good time. They're celebrating. Okay. We can see before Tony walks in, they got a bottle of whiskey on the table. They're pouring drinks. The head of the DEA, who was drinking milk, is now drinking whiskey. And um, one of Frank's men is in the corner, kind of standing guard overseeing it all. So Tony walks in. And they don't notice him walk in because they're having a great time. They, like, quietly walk in. But one of Frank's guys has, like, like a big, like, shotgun or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and they walk in. And then Tony basically makes himself known. And he says hi to the cop. He's like, hey, you're here? Because the cop, the cop literally was like, hey, I'll be arresting people that start to come up and threaten your business. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then that's right. Yeah, and then he sees the cop with Frank, and he's like, huh, isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. The The cop is kind of funny in the scene, because the cop thinks that he's invincible, because he doesn't think. He thinks he's safe, because he's a cop. And he's like, oh, Tony, Tony's going to give me those airplane tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, basically, Frank calls out Tony, or uh, Tony calls out Frank. Well, well, no. Frank, Frank's first like, yo, Tony, what happened? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And 
Tony's like, I don't know, man. Someone tried to kill me. He's probably like, oh, it's those. I think it was like Camino brothers. He's like those Camino Diaz brothers. brothers. He's like, Diaz. We'll, we'll get the Diaz brothers, Tony. We'll we'll get them. We'll get to the bottom of this. Whatever it takes, I'll do it. It's three o'clock sharp. Ring a ding ding. And Frank doesn't want to answer the phone, and and Tony's like, "You gonna get that, Frank? You want me to answer? Say you're not here." <laughs> Frank's like, "No, no, I'll answer." He's like, "It's just my wife. It's just it's just Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, I just I'll just ignore it." Yeah, it's three a.m. I'll I'll answer it. I'll answer it. And then and then Frank's face on the phone call too, like he's he's kind of like, "Oh, oh, okay, okay." Like he, he can tell that it's kind of like a setup call. I don't think he can tell it's a setup call. He was just like, oh, okay, honey, yeah. Like, and this is when this is when I started to put it all together. I was like, oh shit, he's lying about that call right now. Mm-hmm. And if he's lying about that call, that means he set up the hit. Yeah. Yeah. And then then Tony's like, So you it was you. Yeah. And then Frank starts to grovel. Oh, please don't kill me. Please, please, no. And he's like, I won't kill you. Steps away. Manny's like, bada. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's like, I won't kill you. He's like, Manny, kill this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tony. <laughs> but then, then he goes right over to the cop. And did you catch his line that he says, too? Oh, he says something along the lines of uh, the only ticket you're getting is the hell or something like that. <laughs> right before he kills him. <laughs> that was the first time I picked that up too. I was like, oh my God, Tony, with the one-liners. Tony, Tony's endless one-liners. And uh-huh. then turns to the, the guy that's supposed to be protecting Frank in the corner and he goes, you want a job? <laughs> And you can see the guy is sweating. He's standing there. He's yeah, sweating. He's, he's so stiff. Visibly shook. He's like, oh, God, I'm about to die. You want a job? Yeah. It's like, all right, call me tomorrow. So what I also liked is when he said that, and he was like, oh, yeah, just give me a call tomorrow. The clock said 303. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that I think really makes a movie special is when they focus on something so small as the fucking yeah. clocks in the background. I agree. Like, I was like – all right, that's super impressive. And now, Sean, your favorite best scene. scene. The best scene. Okay, one of the things I wanted to talk about it before we did this because I was excited to share. Tony goes over to pick up Michelle Pfeiffer. Frank's out of the picture. Obviously, Tony's the main guy now. I, I mean, we knew this was coming. He goes right to Frank's house. Okay, Michelle's asleep. He lays in. He like sits at the bedside. He wakes her up. Do you remember what he said though, right? And how weird it is. No, he, he, said, he, like, he says like like three lines. She's like, "Wait, what's going on? Like, where's Frank?" Tony's like, "Frank's gone. You're with me now." <laughs> and she's like, "That's all right. Pack <laughs> your bags." Right. Yeah. So, guess I'm moving in. Yeah, and and then he says something like, "Like, get your things. Let's go." <laughs> but I, I'm just like, that's that's all it was. Frank gone, you with me now. It's like, and, damn, Tony. And then the world is yours. Yeah, he goes. Uh, he goes downstairs, smoking a cigarette by the sunrise uh, in Miami. 
and he sees um what what is that like a, a zeppelin a blimp yeah. yeah a zeppelin yeah oh there you go fancy term yeah. so it and then it's got written across it uh, a pan am uh airlines advertisement but the, the start of it is the world is yours pan this sean is where i think the movie should have ended what if the movie would have ended right there 10 out of 10 from me we were an hour and 58 minutes in yeah this movie would have been a 10 if it ended right there for me and they could have made a sequel i think would have been literally like the best i would have been like american dream let's go (laughs) everything i want like we'll talk I, a little bit more about this at the end, but I think that is literally where it should have ended. And I believe in the VHS version, like way back in the day when it came into two VHSs, uh-huh. that is where it ended. And then you what? had to the second VHS. Wow. For like the second half of the movie. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, right? I I, I would have been like, these are two, two separate movies because I feel like from here on out, it's basically a different style kind of deal. You know, it, it is a little bit of a different style. You get a different feel. I, the vibe 100% changes when Tony's in charge. It does. I, and I, I wasn't a huge fan. Made me sad. Really? Dude. I, it's definitely not as good. Like, yeah. I, I can't argue with that. I, I mean, the, the last hour of the movie, Tony's fall, it, it's not as great. Like, it's way more exciting seeing Tony take charge, make moves and stuff. And get to the top. And then, like, the way he is there at that scene when he claims his title and his throne and everything, like, it's so good the way that happens. Yeah, I mean, dude, literally up until this point, it's it's like a, a twisted kind of American dream. Yeah. I mean, he, he was an immigrant. He came over twisted because he's tr- like a drug dealer, but he still works his way up. He's yeah. networking. He's working hard to get where he can be. He's doing the most. He's always going that extra mile, trying to do the best. And he's becoming rich and famous. And he's hungry, dude. He's yeah. so hungry. He just and it's exciting. Nothing's gonna be enough. He needs more. He needs more. He needs to be better. I love that. I love it too. I think the end is necessary, though. Yeah. I I think I think it has to happen and. I preferably, I think maybe it could have been done better. Um, I still think it's great, but um, definitely the way that that the movie is balanced out two hours versus like 50 minutes of the end, it's balanced correctly. Yeah, definitely. If they did a sequel that was only Tony on top and his fall, I think the sequel would have been horrible. Well, they, I mean, they would have done, I feel like they would have had to dive a little bit deeper on like Tony when he was actually successful instead of just a push it to the limit music video. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, there's so we're going to continue our, our criteria. Our, Which that's, our, that's our, the next scene, the push it to the limit music video. Yeah. It's literally like push it to the limit. And yeah. it's like, like, it's basically telling that basically like, yeah, Tony pushed it all the way to the top and now he's going to fail. It's like the whole song mm-hmm. and it's just a montage and it's like, oh, t- like Montana Travel Service, the world is yours. Yeah. And it's like Gina's salon. And then he's got a tiger. Yeah. And I was like, because the whole movie he's mentioned, he's like, I get a tiger. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> he, want, he wants a tiger the whole time. They they slip in there like that he's been spending time at the zoo too, looking at the tigers <laughs> early on. He's making Manny drive him to the zoo to check out the tigers. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing that I wanted to touch on is um before until uh until he really started doing like the hits and stuff, Frank was driving everywhere because he was Manny's guy. And then mm-hmm. once he kills the dude, or I guess once they do like one of the bigger hits, like Manny becomes Tony's guy. Because remember, Tony in the beginning was the one that didn't have any connections. Manny was the one who was like, hey, I got a job for us. Hey, I got a job for us. Yeah. So the switch happened um, like at some point, I think like right before Bolivia. Well, you got you to think, uh, Tony doesn't come off friendly. No. Manny, Man. friendly ass dude. He's a guy you want to be with a party at, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense that, that Manny's Manny's got the connections. He's putting himself out there all the time for women and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um hot tub it, scene. That's that's next. After the push into the limit scene. Is I love the hot tub. hot tub. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I don't I don't care about like the, the dialogue in it, like good still, but like I just love the whole idea that he's got this giant hot tub that's a bubble bath in his house, and he's laying Surrounded there. Surrounded by carpet, dude. Again, like, what are you doing? Right? Surrounded, it's so, like, 80s, though. Surrounded by a carpet, and it's got to be, like, 10 feet in diameter. Yeah. Like, it's huge. And he's smoking a cigar, and he's drinking, and he's doing coke, sitting in the bubble bath hot tub. The dialogue in this scene, I feel like, is super important, though. You were like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. No, this, yeah. is, this is the scene where he starts to write off everyone and you can yep. tell that he doesn't trust anyone. Yep. He's been with him the whole time. And he's like, yo, you got to do this deal with this. Like, I think like some guy named Sloan or something like that. And then he's like, I don't know, man. Like, just get the hell out of my face. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm doing what I want. And he's like, can you believe these people on the TV? What the hell? And then his, his wife is like, in the background he's like michelle come on like get over here and she's like no he's like you're just so lazy like you just suck and then she's mm-hmm. like i'm leaving i'm not dealing with your shit and he's like no i'm kidding please come back and then manny's like yo i gotta go too which is definitely to go hook up with gina yeah uh, exactly we know that every scene in this whole last hour where manny is mia or manny has to leave for something it's gina he's getting laid he's he's finding gina uh and this is when you really see Tony. He's just like all of a sudden his people are leaving him and he's alone. And yeah. Like, and he and during that scene he turns to um he turns to Manny. He goes, "We're not hungry anymore, man." He's like, "That's our biggest problem is we're not hungry anymore." Yeah. Which I think is huge though too because he admits it. Yeah. And that's when I was like, "That is the worst thing that can I in in my opinion, mm-hmm. that's the worst thing that can ever happen to a person." Like, you stop yeah. getting hungry, Sean, you get sedimentary, and life just crashes. Yeah, exactly. But, like, like this is – it's it's great, though, and it's so important because that's the whole vibe it's of this movie, half right? of the movie, you know? And he realizes it. Dude, when I sold copiers, the second someone stopped getting hungry, they got canned. The second yeah. they stopped getting hungry. It wasn't like, wait a couple days. No. You're not hungry. You're gone. That's um, hilarious. Uh, so, apparently his wife's name was Elvie. I just realized that because I wrote it down in my – that's the first time I wrote her name down in my notes. Uh, I said, Tony treats Elvie like shit. 
uh, and it's all going to his head. Yes. And then I wrote down, yeah, he drinks gin. (laughs) 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 Still drinking gin. Um, So I I think the next big scene is the dinner scene, right? Oh, yeah. And no, well, he hears him. He hears people talking about him on the news. And then it was like talking about him. That was what was on Mm. the TV when he was in the hot tub. Yeah. Um, and I was like, does the news actually show suspects in real life? I was wondering. I have no idea. I know that they they do like artist renditions of them. Yeah. And then, uh, Hector kills the news guy was also what I, I could, that was foreshadowing again there. I was like, they're not going to like this news guy. They're going to try and kill him. And then this is when Tony gives his, it goes to the dinner. Which the dinner is great. Another like, another fantastic scene. Fantastic monologue. Yeah, it, it's great. Everybody is coked out at dinner. Um, everybody's drugged out. Michelle okay. Pfeiffer absolutely will not eat her dinner because she is just doing drugs. She can't. This is when Tony reveals that they've been having problems getting pregnant, which he's pissed about because he's always wanted to have kids. Right from the yeah. beginning, he was like, I want you to be the mother of my child. Yeah. And she can't do that. And he's like, you suck because you can't even get pregnant. And he starts to cause a scene. Yeah. But she she comes back right away. And she's standing up. And she walks out, too. And she yells at him. And um, talks to me. I, I mean, she's pissed off, too. Uh, all Tony cares about is money. That's it. Yeah. The people at the restaurant start getting really awkward. They're like, oh, shit. And then Tony's just like, yo, Manny, take her home. She's like, I'll take myself home. All right. Yeah. Nobody tells me nobody tells me that I need to get taken home. Is that the last time that we see her too? That is the last time. I was I didn't realize this during the movie, but at, like looking back on it, that is the last time we see her in the entire She movie. walks out and she's gone. She's gone. I mean, it's the last like maybe half hour, but she's gone. Yeah, she's out of there. And uh, we don't really see Manny much either. And this is when I noted that Tony starts to use his own supply. Yeah, Tony's been using it. Well, Tony Tony tasted the supply on his trip with Omar to Colombia for the first time. Or Bolivia, wherever they went. I thought he was – oh, was that when he was with them he was testing it? Yeah, he was with Omar when Omar got hung from the helicopter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was tasting their stuff, and he made a comment like – like you, you hear him like sniff, and he's like, "You got some good stuff here, man. You know what you're doing." It's not his yet, then. It's not his yet. He was making sure it was good for the deal. Okay, good point. Yes, but here he is clearly smoking, or not smoking. He, snorting. He's snorting his own cocaine. And then, and then it's like so powerful what he says too, because everybody's staring at him in the restaurant. He's making a big scene, and he can't yeah. stand up either. He's wobbling back and forth. The security um, guard that he hired <laughs> that was Frank's man is like, yo, I got you. Like, come on. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy, so you guys don't have to, but you're all the bad guy. It yeah. was a great it was a great monologue. It was great. Like it, his whole point was like, everybody's evil, but you can point at me and say that I'm the I'm the bad guy, so you can sleep well at night and be you good. You can sleep well at night because you know what? We all need a bad guy, but you guys are all just as bad as me. It's just you're afraid to admit it. And he's like, I'm just too honest. I'm too honest. I'm a real honest guy. Like, I will tell you yeah. that I'm a bad guy. And I do bad things, but I'm okay with it. 
And then on his way out, he says something like, like, there goes the bad guy. Say there goodbye the to the bad guy, guy <laughs> which I think is great. And you hear yeah. him yelling on, on the way out in the hallway as they're dragging him out. Yeah, and then this is the um, this is the scene where he gets caught by the cops, right? Yeah, so he, counting he's, he's counting money, counterfeit money, and he's counting like $2 million. And then he gets a camera. check written for it, and they get it all on camera, and this is Manny's guy. So this is why he gets pissed at Manny. Oh, I didn't realize it was Yeah, Manny's yeah, guy. this is the Sloan guy that Manny had mentioned, and that's why he goes like, Manny, like, screw you, man. Like, I listened to you, and I got screwed. Yeah. And then, so he gets arrested. They're like, you're going to probably go to prison for a long time. So he talks to his lawyer, and he's like, yo, screw my lawyer. My lawyer's a piece of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The people from Bolivia reach out, and they're like, yo, we got a way to get you out of this. Yeah. You just need to hire a hit on that news guy who I'd mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. I was like, that's foreshadowing. They're going to get a hit on the news guy. Yeah. Um, and they were like, all right, so we're going to we're gonna do this hit. And that's when they're – they do uh, the duct tape bomb or the claymore underneath the thing. So they got to go to New York and they're going to hit this guy. And this guy is set to be on um, like 60 minutes and it's going to be broadcast worldwide. So he's in New York City and Tony's up there. And one of the henchmen from Bolivia or wherever – is who's going to detonate the bomb. The guy doesn't speak English, though, so Tony's got to drive him around and make sure that, that he can get it done, okay? Yeah. Time out. This guy is also in Breaking Bad. All right, that'll come really? back later. That'll come back later. Time in. He's okay. Hector Salomon, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, so this is this is the only time where you see Tony show some type of restraint in the movie. And that Tony has some set of morals. Okay? Because up until this point, they, there's been... Lines don't exist. Other than lines that Tony is snorting. Yeah. Tony crosses every line imaginable. He does not care. It is Tony versus the world. And Tony is going to the top. No matter who gets in his way, he will move them. Yep. This situation, we find out where Tony's boundaries are. So they're going to blow up this guy's car in front of the United Nations building to make a statement that this guy was going to make a speech worldwide or whatever, and they're not afraid of him. Um, what happens, though, is the guy was supposed to be by himself. He's got a wife and kids that get in the car with him, and Tony freaks out. He's like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I, I'm not killing these kids. Wife and kids, man, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I told you not to fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just starts screaming at the guy and the guy barely speaks English. He's like, fucking wife and kids? Fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm not doing this. And he Meanwhile, Tony is still driving him. Like <laughs> he's still driving him, man. <laughs> yes, yes. But like right at the last second, he swerves out of the way and the guy is like, What are you doing? And he's like, Fuck you, fuck this. And he shoots him in the head in the car. And everybody in the back of the car is like, Holy <laughs> shit. And Tony's just like, I said no kids, man. I said no kids. <laughs> One could argue that this is when Tony starts to underestimate the greed of others. <laughs> this is 100% where he starts to estimate it. Um, and yeah. So that was wild as hell. That was then- crazy. 
He gets back and the dude from Bolivia is on the phone and he's like, you want to tell me what happened? Because this dude just delivered a speech and he's supposed to be dead. And Tony's mm-hmm. like, what the hell is your problem, man? <laughs> and um, the, the guy hangs up on him. I, I love Tony's fidgeting with the speaker too afterwards. Yeah, the guy hangs up on him and Tony, Tony's just screaming at the speaker, shaking. Like, you can clearly tell that he hung up on him. And he's like, uh, like the guy that was next to him was like, Tony, he, I think he hung up. And Tony was like, oh, you do not fuck with me. <laughs> he's like, we're going to war, man. We're going to war. This guy, this guy hangs up on me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So then uh, Tony, meanwhile, since Tony was in New York, Manny was supposed to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And he has no idea where Manny is because he's back and he's like, yo, I need someone to tell me where Manny is. And then his mom is calling and it was like, yo, Gina's missing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, somebody get my mom on the phone. I'll, I'll drive over there. He goes to the mom. He's like, mom, what's going on? I don't know where Gina is. She's at this address. I'm pretty sure I, I followed her one time because she was trying to be super sneaky and I just didn't trust it. So Tony drives to that house, knocks on the door. He's kind of got that red eye rage again. Yeah. It's Tony's good. on drugs too. Tony yeah. is as coked out as you can be from this point on in the movie. Manny opens the door. He's pissed at Manny. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? His sister walks out in like a kimono style thing. No one, no bra on underneath. And he can tell like she's got that flush look like something just happened. And yep comes out of the bedroom and she's like, Oh, Tony. And he's like, Oh, and he just boom kills Manny right then and there. Yep. And then Gina says that they got married yesterday. Yeah. But, uh, here's the thing, right? Your friend, Sean decides to get coked out and you know, he does, he's got this like weird kind of relationship with his sister and you start to date his sister. And his sister knows that the guy, like you guys, kind of have like a weird deal going on. Yeah. Um, do you think you you would decide that a surprise, hey, we're actually no. married, is a good idea? No, they should have talked about dating or something first. Like, like I love Manny. I think he's hilarious. Great guy. Bad decision to not tell your friend that you're gonna marry his sister. Manny thinks with his penis that's it that (laughs) is the whole story okay manny knows a lot of people but at the end of the day all he cares about are the ladies and that usually distracts him from realistic ideas or following a plan yeah and uh definitely bit him in the butt right there yep so then tony goes back to his house and brings gina he brings Gina. Well, no, he he has the security guards forcibly take Gina yes. back to his house. Then he goes into his office. I think his office is awesome, by the way. His awesome, awesome office, greatest setup. Yeah, just a, a mountain of cocaine. Yeah, he he's got like a little box that he was making lines out of, and he gets in there and he just dumps it upside down. <laughs> And, and he sticks his face right shot. into it. 
the way the camera angle was put, it literally looked like the cocaine was the size of a like, like, like three feet tall. It looked yeah. huge. Yeah. Because at this point too, Tony's not even he's not even doing lines anymore. His face is just dropping. Like it's not intentional. He is just falling onto the desk. Deep inhale through the nose of the coke, coming back up, and there's coke on his face as he gets up every time now. Mm-hmm. That's that is Tony's state uh, the, for the last of the movie. In the background, while he's doing the the coke to the face, you can see like just an army of people coming up through the security cameras in the back. Yep, and uh, like Tony thought they were going to war. Clearly, Bolivia had other plans of uh, going to war, like, literally that day. That they weren't going to wait. No. wait a week. No, they weren't, they weren't giving them any time. Somehow, they were off the plane, already in Miami, ready to take them out. I think they already had people there. They had sleepers. Yeah, they had to. They, I think they were watching them for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, keep your friends close, your enemies closer, right? Mm-hmm. So... This is the weirdest scene in the whole movie, this little part with Gina and Tony. Because Gina is pissed off. I disagree. I think this scene makes so much sense. Because literally right when I met her, I was like, I thought these two were a couple. So It makes sense. It makes sense. And it's Gina's an uncomfortable right, too. It's an uncomfortable It is uncomfortable. Because Gina, she outright says, like, do you want to fuck me, Tony? Is that is that what this is? Yeah, she's not happy that he just killed her husband. Yeah. She's pissed off. Best friend. Yeah, and then Tony kills her, right? No. No. She starts shooting at Tony. She shoots Tony in the leg, and then Mm. uh, the the guy that was sneaking up hears someone shooting, and someone was sneaking up behind Tony to kill him. So he goes in, and he turns around, and Tony fell over because he got shot. And the, the guy that was behind him just lays a waste mm. to Gina. And that's when Tony turns around. He kills the guy, and he freaks out. He starts crying over his sister's body, but it looks like his lover. He's holding her. He's like, oh, I'll be right back. I'll be right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I got yeah. to deal, deal with this. And this is when you see people, like, sprinting and just straight up tackling people into the pools, sprinting and just knifing people. Oh, yep. Man. They're taking out everybody outside, all the security. All right. Right here. Mm-hmm. So uh, the director, uh, Brian De Palma, uh-huh. good friends with Steven Spielberg, right? Mm-hmm. You know who that is, right? E. Yeah. That yeah. guy, yeah. So they, those two were friends. So they made a habit of like visiting each other on set. Mm-hmm. Spielberg showed up during the like the beginning attack scene. And De Palma was like, yo, you want to direct us like this shot? <laughs> so he let Steven Spielberg direct the scene, like the low angle shot where the attackers are first entering the house. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That's awesome though. So like there's actually like a little bit of Steven Spielberg's like directing in the movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, All right. I love before Tony starts killing everybody and after Tony's emotional moment with Gina as he's getting ready with his guns. Yeah. I love the way he talks to himself. Did you notice this? 
Tony is in there and, and he's hyping himself up. He's so this, is, this is some shit that you would do. This is also shit that so right before track meets, like literally right before a race, Sean just be like, you're the best, man. You got this shit. You're the, you're the best. And he would like, he would just get so hyped and he'd be like, let's go. Like, let's go. Like, oh, let's go. Let's, we can do it. We can do it. Tell him, you can do it. He would also do this right before we went out to go drinking. I would also. Oh. <laughs> there, there's not much different between those two events. So Tony is talking to himself, but it, but in Tony fashion. So he, he's like, okay. He's like, okay, okay. Big man, big guy, tough guy, big, big fight time. All right, Tony. All right. You guys want to play tough, play tough. I'm big guy, big man coming out here. All right. <laughs> And you're just like, what the fuck is he saying? And and it's hilarious because he's hyping himself up. He's just getting hyped. He's like, it's time to go. Let's go, man. Because his famous line, he says it to himself too. He's still talking to himself when he yells that. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. Nobody's in the room. Nobody's in the room. He's alone. He's just, he's just pumping himself up to kill a shit ton of people. And starts off with just like straight up shoots up a grenade launcher and just takes out like a squad Turns to one side, brrrah, kills everybody on the one side of the stairs. Turns to the other side, brrrah, kills a bunch of people down the stairs. Starts shooting down, like, underneath his balcony. Gets shot at a few times, falls over, hides, pops back up. In this is incredible action scene. Oh, yeah, it, it was awesome. It was an amazing ending. Um, but this is also when the famous line is said, say hello to my little friend. And yeah. that's when he shoots the grenade launcher right after his... 30 seconds of self-talk hyping him up. <laughs> um, and then I oh, love to go ahead. My notes. So I said, there's got to be some boob tape on Gina because there was way too much of a low hanging shot. Like her dress was so low cut and they never moved. I, I was like, wow, I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, I cannot believe Tony's like a, a one-man army. Like, this dude can take them down. Doesn't give a shit. He's Come not going down without a fight. It's Tony, though. Yeah. He's also coked out of his mind. He is. He is. <laughs> Surprisingly, he didn't have a heart attack and die. That's, that's probably actually what killed him. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't getting riddled with bullets. Well, he, he gets shot so many times, and it, and he's like yelling, "Fuck your bullets!" <laughs> like I'm better than, I'm, better than this. I'm the man. I'm the big man. <laughs> but it, it's great because it's just like the pinnacle of his ego, and at the same time, his demise is happening right then, and it's just like he's coked out. Everybody has left him. He's killed his friends and his family, and it's just him left in the world and his ego. And the dude sneaks up behind him, shoots him. He's wearing, like, Terminator glasses. Yeah. Shoots him. Tony falls face first into the water. Water starts to fill with blood. It pans up. It's a giant pool that Tony has with a statue of an angel holding the world. And it says, the world is yours. Mm-hmm. And the movie ends. I think it's great, though. Fantastic. Like, yeah, I, I love the movie. Like I it's something I could watch over and over again. It's one of those things I feel like if I were to watch it again, I would definitely pick up more on like the subtleties and like the camera angles and things like that that are probably like really, really good. 
Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to touch on while we're still talking about the final shootout sequence. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino during it, he didn't know how to like hold a gun. So he just grabbed it by the barrel when he was picking it up right after using it as like a prop. And he got like a third degree burn on his hand. So the ads, they had to shut down production for a couple weeks. That's funny. Yeah. And they like, they had to use different angles and stuff to like make it like look good. Cause he like burned the hell out of his hand. Jeez. Um, yeah, and that's that's like really all my fun facts. There are a few things I wanted to bring up though, and I wanted to see what your thoughts were. So you know how yeah, let's, let's I, talk about it. I mentioned Hector earlier, mm-hmm. uh, Hector Salomon Ka from Breaking Bad. Manny is also in Breaking Bad. Uh, when Breaking Bad was, you've seen Breaking Bad, right? Not all of it. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's a fantastic show. When Breaking Bad got pitched, it got pitched as it was some like, I think it was like some 80s teacher was the, the concept. It was like some yeah. 80s teacher mixed with Scarface. And that's how like the guy pitched the, the plot. He was like, this is what mm. I want to write. And so that's what I was thinking. Uh, overall, my view was that it was it was a twisted American dream gone wrong. Like you had your American dream. He stopped being hungry, which is – I don't know if the, the writer or director was trying to say like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be this hungry and it will lead to problems. Or if they were trying to say like, you always got to stay hungry. Don't ever settle. Um, those were my kind of takes. I, I took it as um, you always got to stay hungry because not only did he settle, but he got lazy with his own rules of not getting high on his own supply. Also, maybe it was – you should start trusting people because Tony had serious trust issues. Like he did not trust anybody. I mean, Manny did make a pretty big mistake that would have gotten him thrown away to prison. Uh, Tony wouldn't get thrown to prison though. He was like, I would rather die than go to prison. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of crazy. Uh, but now that we're talking about the end of the movie, let's, let's, let's talk about how Manny lived his life versus Tony. Tony was always hungry, always wanted more was crazy about, like, money, power, women. That was his goal. Yep. Manny, on the other hand, was, like, always every scene, Manny was flirting with a girl. He was having a good time. And, like, it led to his downfall, though, because he was trying to have a good time and live his best life. But because of that, he ended up dying because he – but he found happiness, right? So my question for you, Sean, is – Tony or Manny, who actually lived the better life? Probably Manny. Right? Because Manny found love. He was happy. He was able to get married. Tony got money, power, and the trophy wife. Yep. But was Tony ever happy is my question. No. I I think... I, I think Tony might have loved the chase, though. That's what I. That's what I was about to say. I. I think Tony enjoyed the journey. He. He's a journey guy. Like he doesn't want to end up somewhere. He wants to be somewhere. And I think that's why he fell apart, because he didn't know what to do after he got Frank's spot. That's why the movie should have been two parts. The happiness. No. Because the second part would have been horrible. We have to. We needed to see Tony's fall to get the full picture, to understand like the point of like 
you got to stay hungry. Like you can't like get lazy with things. You can't, um, you can't settle, you know? I mean, no matter what, right? Cause even if the director was like, look, Manny lived a better life, no matter what they both, everybody died in the end. Right. Yeah. All of Tony's men died. No matter what, doesn't matter what your takeaway is. Everybody's going to die. It's, it's how you kind of want to live your life, man. That's, I guess what, yeah. What the kind of story is. Um, That's a good point. Um, but I, I, I stick by the second half of the movie is a hundred percent necessary to like display the message, you know? Yeah. But if, uh, but if you just want to watch the first hour and 58 minutes, you will walk away very happy and very motivated. Oh yeah. It's amazing. It's one of the best things ever. Cause you, Tony's attitude is so good. Money. Like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like, if you want to be hyped up for something, you watch this on a Sunday night going into a big week, and you just okay. cut it off at hour 58, and you're like, world is mine, baby. Let's the world do is mine. I'm just going to go in there and make some money, be the best I can be. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, my next yes. question for you, what is a modern-day version of this look like? Because, right, they remade it from 38. They made it in the 80s. It's about time. It's been 40 years. What are you thinking? That's a good question. All right. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking, right? They had Breaking Bad. That Would they be selling cocaine? No, they I were don't... selling meth. No, you know, I, I know they were in that, but in modern day, like. So my opinion, modern day, they're selling penny stocks. And it is the Wolf of Wall Street that just came out. But that, that was like the 90s that took place though, right? Yeah, it is. But think about it. It gave off the same vibe, right? It, it really did give off the same vibe. I, I agree with that. So I think that would be kind of like more of a modern day version of it if you want to. But September of 2020... They announced the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Gadangino, mm-hmm. is actually doing uh, – he's going to make a, a remake of it. I heard of this actually. Oh, really? Yeah, like briefly. I don't know if I'm excited. I liked Call Me By Your Name. I think, I think he'll make a good movie. Uh, I, I also heard it. it might be like the Russo brothers that are doing the writing, but I don't know. So – I'm interested to see what happens if they actually do end up remaking it or if COVID totally just blocks it out because a lot of movies and stuff got like way later yeah. than COVID. Yeah, um, I, I just – I can't picture a modern-day one really. Like, it would have to be like a, a drug gangster probably with weed. Maybe, maybe like a like a cartel-type story like like I someone mean, from Mexico coming over. And in like LA, they rise up the ranks. And what um, would they sell though? Like weed, heroin, probably like a mix. Like they, there's no like drug that stands out really, you know. Yeah, it's not like like Coke was big in the '80s. Like I don't, I feel like we don't. Especially in Miami drug. too. Like yeah, Miami goes with cocaine. Like that's yeah. Say so, hey, that's why I I don't know what it would be. Yeah. So. Who knows? I'm I'm interested to see what happens with that, though. I agree. Um, 
You know what time it is, Sean? What? Time for a rating. Yeah, I've been thinking hard about this. All right, I'll give you mine because I okay. I always have mine ready to roll before we even start. I am what? Eight point five. Okay. My reasoning, I think I liked I liked what was going on. I didn't feel like while I was watching it, any of the camera angles or anything really like like at a 10 out of 10 movie, like I want to be visually stimulated the whole time. I like I checked my phone like maybe twice during this movie. I did use my pauses. Um it was a little too long to hold me the whole time. And there wasn't really ever a part of the movie that was super slow, but I I did I did stop once once or twice. So I'll I'll give it a eight and a half. Okay. Um I'm thinking eight point eight. Okay. It's it's really high. It's one of my favorite movies. I do think it's very long though. Um it ruins the rewatch value for you. Like it you're does. Not, you're not gonna just be like, oh man, I really want to sit down and just watch this movie again. Yeah, it, it does. Like you really have to commit to it. And I I don't I don't know. I I I don't know. I'm afraid to rate something higher because there's so much that I haven't seen, you know? Like I, I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like there have to be better movies out there. And I definitely have probably seen better movies. So like when I watch it, it's like eight eight. Like it it's great. I think yeah. it's awesome. Um but you're right, like this isn't something that I would even watch like once a year, like maybe once every several years or something, I'd watch it again. It's good enough that if somebody hasn't seen it, I would definitely suggest that they watch it though. I agree. If you haven't seen it 100%, you have to watch it sometime. All right. I uh, think that's pretty much it. I agree. Um, that's. I mean, that's what you should know about Scarface. What? Follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We will probably have an Instagram page by the time this comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Email us at the W-Y-S-K podcast at gmail.com and like us on Spotify, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe. Yes. And like us on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, This guys. is also our longest episode, so. This is our longest episode. Thank you for watching if you made it this far. I hope you all have. (laughs) Cheers. That's what you should know.